Welcome, everybody, to episode 38 of the Smart Marks Investing Podcast, presented by thesporter.com. My name is Jim Parsons. I am with you on our final broadcast before Christmas Day. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays for those of you who are listening to this before Christmas comes, but we got tons of news to cover in WWE and AEW, and we're going to run through a bunch of those things prior to the break, and then we're going to join you after Christmas. But for episode 38 of the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast, we're going to take things one by one by one by one by one, and we're going to run with you for the next few minutes. So here's episode 38, Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast, presented by thesportster.com. Welcome, everybody, again to the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast, episode 38. Again, this is Jim Parsons. I'm running solo today, no Brandon, but the Christmas holidays can do that. You get a little busy, you got a little work to do, shopping for the family, all sorts of stuff. So we're going to do one more episode. I'm flying solo today, uh, but this shouldn't be too bad. I'm going to run through some news and rumor items in WWE and AEW with you for the next, let's say, half an hour. We'll see if I'm even close to that by the time that we're done. So we're going to run through one by one by one by one. I'll tell you the news. I'll tell you the rumor. I'll give you my opinion. And then uh, we'd love for you to rate the show, comment on it, download it, subscribe to it. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that's going to help us with the show. And uh, let us know what you think. So we're going to run through things one by one, like I said, covering every little bit. And we're going to get to that right now. All right, let's start with a massive title change in WWE, specifically NXT. Rhea Ripley beats Shayna Baszler on Wednesday night to capture the Women's NXT Championship. My first immediate take on this is this is really undeniable. The future of Rhea Ripley is massive. It's huge. WWE has massive things in line for her. So to see her beat Shayna Baszler is not a huge surprise. It was coming. Whether it came now or it came later, it was coming. Um, the question I have is now what mean what's going on with Shayna Baszler? Now, there's been rumors that she might go to Raw and wrestle with Becky Lynch, but what we do know is that Becky Lynch will probably be facing Asuka at the Royal Rumble in January. There's also talk that they don't really want to move Baszler from NXT because of the fact that NXT is no longer a developmental brand and they're a third brand, so you don't really want to take her off of a show where you need a big draw and a big ticket like Baszler to draw in viewers for NXT. There's also the idea that uh, there's some deserving people on Raw and SmackDown in the women's division that deserve a shot, maybe more than Baszler does. But who's going to win the Royal Rumble? Baszler is a favorite there. What do you do with Rhea Ripley? She's just too good, too strong, too hard to deny her for so long. So it's uh, not a huge surprise to see her win the title. Great match, great talents. NXT's women's division is on fire. Is absolutely probably the strongest women's division on any of the three brands. Good match. So if you had a chance to catch it, if you didn't, I would recommend that you go back and watch it. NXT, to me, this week was by far, not even close, by far the better show between AEW and NXT. 
NXT won hands down. They actually won the ratings this week. And we're going to get into a little bit about AEW's show this week. And there was some stuff on that show that just didn't go over very well. But NXT did a really good job heading into the holiday break. That match highlighted the show. There was a bunch of other stuff too. The return of Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor. All sorts of fun stuff on that show. But Rhea Ripley winning the NXT Women's Championship is a major deal. She is going to probably carry that women's division now in NXT. Who will be her next challenger? Is Baszler coming back for a rematch? Is someone like Bianca Blair? You know, who's going to step up and, and challenge Rhea Ripley now? So good question, but uh, definitely check that match out if you haven't had a chance to check before. So congratulations to Rhea Ripley. Uh, that was a big one. Well, I said I'd touch on it, so we might as well do it right now. If you haven't had a chance to see this video, it is a viral video. Basically, what's going on here with AEW, the attention this week is on a video that leaked that was on the TV show. One of the Dark Order Creepers, basically, in the brouhaha or the melee that ended the show, was mounted on top of Dustin Rhodes. He was throwing punches, if that's what you want to call them. They weren't anywhere close to landing. The video has gone viral. Somebody posted it showing how badly it looked on TV, put Dustin Rhodes in a really awkward spot. People like Randy Orton, Mark Henry, other wrestlers have come out and said that was just brutal for the business. It's really bad look. Um, if Rhodes is going to have to sell this stuff, you at least try to make it look believable. AEW has come out and said, look, we got a lot of, especially Rhodes, we got a lot of new guys, people who have never been on TV before. They're doing live events. They don't really know where the cameras are at, where the you know hard camera is going to be, what they need, which says a lot of stuff. One, if that's true, AEW's got a long way to go before they can figure out exactly how to put on a TV show that compares to WWE because these guys are so new and so inexperienced and so raw that they haven't had a chance to nail this stuff down. If that's not the case, then what the heck are they doing hiring guys and bringing in people who throw punches like that? I mean, that was just awful. It was brutal. If you saw the punches, they were miles away from his head, and Dustin had to sell them. Like, it was just like, what do I, what do, I do? He's probably laying there thinking, what the heck am I going to do here? Do I throw this guy under the bus and not sell them at all, or do I sell them and try to make them look believable? But if you've seen the video, there's no way of getting around it. It's just really bad. So... Dustin has come out and said, look, we need time to get these guys used to being stars and on TV and they're training and they're my kids and I offer a training course and they got to take it to get better and we all have to learn. And then there's other guys that have said, this is brutal for our industry. How can you have this on TV? I mean, AEW is catching a lot of flack for this, so much so that there were rumors and speculation and it looked like the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, deleted their Twitter accounts because they cut a lot of flack for this stuff. It looks like Matt Jackson's already back with his Twitter account. He's not really active on it, but Nick Jackson may not have come back. So there was Cody went on Twitter. I don't know if it was a real account or a fake one. I think it was a fake one, but he kind of leveled the fans for calling this sort of stuff out. The Jacksons did so. This is not good. I mean, AEW was built on the idea that social media could elevate a promotion and sell out a building and do all this. If they're not going to be on social media like Twitter to sell that sort of stuff, I mean, obviously they'll still have their YouTube being the elite channel and that kind of thing, but they need the social media to build their company, to build their brand, to get people tuning into their show. But the problem is if you're going to put shows like this on television where you have the closing moments be this bad, like it was really, really bad. And I recommend that you check out the video if you haven't. Just search it on social media, Creeper Punches or Creeper Botch or Dark Order, whatever. And there's a million ways you can find it. 
it's out there. Uh, just really not a good look for AEW, and it's a great opening for WWE because the guys on the show can really lambaste them for being such an inferior product if that's what they're going to be putting out there. And there's already, you know, teasing or whatever you want to call it about AEW basically being a gymnastics show. They've had issues with the referees. They've had issues with the rules. Chris Jericho said that he held a meeting backstage with the tag team saying, you guys got to seriously tag each other. Like, you've got illegal people coming in. The Lucha Bros among the worst of the culprits for breaking those rules that they just got to get it better. Otherwise, people are going to call them a laughing stock. And so far, it's kind of happening. So AEW was supposed to be an alternative to WWE, but every time they have an opportunity to do something good, they're not really taking advantage of it. And this was bad. Like, this was just not how you wanted to go into the holiday break, not how you wanted to, to capitalize on an opportunity to get some ratings. The show on Wednesday was not good. Like, it just really wasn't very well put together. It wasn't booked very strongly. The closing of it was not good. I mean, you've got a guy like Kenny Omega, and here's another issue. Kenny Omega is supposed to be their star, one of the guys that they build the company around. Well, in the opening match, he lost again. Like, he's got, he's not being built to the point where they can you know, kind of build the promotion around him. And that's a really not a good thing. So if AEW's calling NXT the minor leagues or development and they pull in crap like this, I don't know how they're going to justify this if they continue to get it wrong. They got to figure it out. If they don't figure it out, there's a real problem here. So check out the video. It's really not good. Kind of makes you cringe a little bit when you see that this is what the product is for professional wrestling when put on by EW, and they're calling themselves the alternative, the real wrestling, I mean, it's bad. Anyway, we'll move off that one, because AEW doesn't deserve to get a ton of flack all the time, but this was not good, and they need to do better. Speaking of AEW, let's move on to another subject here, the Revival. Um, this is kind of a mix of AEW and WWE news. The Revival has come out with another photo on social media, this time a picture of them with Private Party, the popular tag team from AEW, and they put the caption Tag Team Wrestling in there. Now, if you followed the Revival on WWE lately, there's a rumor and all sorts of stuff that WWE is thinking about turning the Revival into comedy act routines. Now, if you saw Dash Wilder trip over the SmackDown stage, you might have questioned whether or not that was an accident or whether it was on purpose. Well, the latest report is that they were testing the waters and whether or not these guys could get over as a joke. So if you're the Revival and this is where they're going with you for WWE and your contracts expire in 2020 and you have the option to stay or go, it's not a surprise that they're tweeting photos of them with AEW tag teams and hinting that they might be leaving now. This could be another thing where WWE stars are using leverage with AEW to get new contracts. But in the Revival's case, there's been a lot of rumors lately that they might be jumping. And maybe they're hinting that the only way they're going to get the kind of competition and matches that they want is to move on to AEW with a team like Private Party. So that's going on. And on SmackDown recently on Friday, you may have noticed that they actually said during a promo that they do not get the type of wrestling that they want to get. So maybe this is all storyline. It's hard to know. This could be, and this is this is the common thing these days. Wrestlers and WWE and AEW, they just troll social media all the time. So you never really know what's real and what isn't. But this is the most recent development that the Revival has tweeted a photo of them with the private party, hinting again that they might be moving to AEW, which is really weird timing considering that the rumor is WWE is thinking about completely changing the characters for the Revival to a comedy, goofy, routine act, which is... Hopefully not true. It would be terrible if that's what they did because the Revival is among the better of the technical tag teams in wrestling these days 
and there's no reason to turn a team like that into a joke. But this could be WWE going, okay, you're not going to sign. This is what we're going to do with you. So make up your mind. If you're leaving, this is how you're leaving. If you're not and you want to stay, we'll change this and we won't do this, but it's not looking good. Ray, it didn't have to be this way, man. It really didn't, but this is your pipe, right? You gave this to Kevin Owens last week to use on me and the AOP. <laughs> you know what they say, Ray? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, huh? But that's not me, man. That's, look, that's not me. I am a merciful leader. So tonight, hey, tonight, tonight's your lucky night. You know what? Rey Mysterio, remember this one, though, okay? Please, because you owe me one, Ray. That was a clip from Monday Night Raw where Seth Rollins attacked Rey Mysterio. And for those of you who do not want spoilers, plug your ears for the next few seconds. It goes on to Seth Rollins and AOP attacking Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe at the commentary table, which means Samoa Joe is probably going to be coming out and back into the ring, off the table, into the ring, teaming with Rey Mysterio in a tag team match for not this coming Raw, but the next. Okay, spoiler over. Here's my take on the Seth Rollins heel turn. I really like it. It's slow playing. It's about time. People have wanted Rollins to turn heel for a really long time, and it's about time that he finally does that. Teaming him with the AOP is a really good idea. I don't know if they're going to call these guys anything, if they're going to have a faction name or whatever, but I think it's smart to do that. The only thing I didn't like about this whole thing was Monday's Raw was a gauntlet match, and they basically had a ton of people from Akira Tozawa to Matt Hardy to a bunch of people that would never have a chance in heck of winning this thing. And then it goes on to Ricochet, Umbuto Carrillo, Andrade, those guys that were actually legitimately in there. And here's the deal. That match lasted about an hour, and there was no finish. It was a gauntlet match for absolutely no reason, because Seth Rollins, who wasn't involved in it, went on to challenge Rey Mysterio for next week for the U.S. title. So he wasn't even in the match, but he gets the U.S. title challenger position. It just was really weird. Like, why do all that? So I like the Seth Rollins heel turn. I don't like the idea of that huge gauntlet match. It just took an hour of the show to get to the point where they didn't even do anything with it. So, yeah, that wasn't great. But Rollins turned heel, awesome. Rollins and Rey Mysterio in a program together, really good. Samojo coming off the commentary table to team with Rey Mysterio. Again, kind of cool, even though people will miss Samojo. He was really good on the commentary table. But, um, yeah, so it's all going in the right direction. It just took a really weird way to get there. On to completely different news. There's a ton of rumors and talk about Edge. WWE Hall of Famer, former legend or current legend, former performer, has been medically cleared to wrestle again. Now, there's rumors and speculation that he might come to the Royal Rumble, that he might even have a match at WrestleMania. But basically, the story is this. A serious neck injury forced Edge to retire from wrestling about nine years ago, uh, that he is in the best shape he's ever been in, and that he could come back to the ring soon. Multiple reports have suggested that he's working for a 2020 Royal Rumble appearance. He has come out on social media and said, nope. He says, in quote, still not and still not, period. So he's basically shot down rumors that he might return. But according to Paul Davis of Wrestling News, he's been training hard to get in really good shape. Um, other f reporters have said that 
They think he's coming back. Brian Alvarez of the Wrestling Observer Radio suggested Edge has been cleared for action, so he could come back. Mike Johnson of PWInsider.com said he's got a gut feeling that Edge will be in the Royal Rumble, even though Edge keeps on saying, nope, I'm not going to do it. Obviously, WWE would love to have him back. It would be a huge draw for WrestleMania. I don't think he'd be a surprise entrance to win the Royal Rumble or go on to main event WrestleMania, but just being in there, showing up, having a small part would be massive. He took a bump uh, not too long ago when he speared. I think it was Elias. I'm not sure who he speared, but he speared somebody, which was the first physical action that he'd taken in WWE in nine years. So he does look fantastic. If you've seen photos of him that he's tweeted, he's looking like he's in fantastic shape. And he basically said he looked in the mirror one day and saw himself and said, this is ridiculous. And so he got himself in really good shape. And he's kind of in the best shape he's ever been in to the point where he could probably wrestle if he wanted to. Now, is that one of those things like Steve Austin where he says he could wrestle if he wanted to, but that doesn't mean he's coming back. It's just a, I could if I wanted to. I'm not gonna, but I could. Maybe Edge is in that boat, right? He's going, ah, I could if I wanted to, but I'm not doing it. I just could, right? So there's a lot going on here. He could come back. He might not come back. He says he's not coming back. Maybe he's trolling people and trying to keep it a secret because Royal Rumble's right around the corner and somebody always comes back in the Royal Rumble. So it'll be interesting to see what Edge decides to do and if WWE will try to convince him to do so. More likely, if he's not doing that, he could show up at some sort of Saudi show, you know, a crown jewel of some kind because there's huge money in doing that. And maybe he's willing to do it for the money. So you never know. He's still got a huge part in WWE lately. And he's around a lot on WWE Network and in appearances for special shows and anniversary programs and things like that. But would he wrestle again? That'd be really cool to find out. Probably worth talking some of the extensions that have just happened in WWE. Dana Brooke is the latest with a new five-year deal that she confirmed with an interview with Sports Illustrated. New Day has signed. The Street Profits have signed. Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins have signed. Uh, Randy Orton, as we already knew, had signed. Johnny Morrison is back. Um, the Miz is signed. I mean, there's a bunch of extensions coming down the pipe here in WWE. Dana Brooke being the latest. I think it's huge for her. She's gotten a lot of uh, time on SmackDown of recent, and she just had a match against Bayley on Friday. She looked pretty good. She's, by reputation, one of the hardest workers in WWE backstage. She's always looking to get into the ring to improve her skills. She just hasn't had the opportunity, and I think it's about time that she does. Here's another one, too, and it's not extension-related, but one of the people that I'm really looking forward to seeing, and there's a whole bunch of news about how she's going to be coming back, Liv Morgan. If you've seen these promos on Raw, she's got that Emelina video kind of going on, you know, where she's in the bathtub, she's changing her personality, and this all. there's a rumor and a theory out there that this might be a troll job by WWE. Basically, they're putting the promos on there knowing they look like the Emelina promos from way back in the day. And if you remember that, Emelina came out and just, trashed the promo about 30 seconds after they debuted it went back to herself well she, eventually she was released it didn't work but Liv Morgan does have the chops probably to pull off a character and of course everybody wants her to be with Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse so is this a troll job is WWE just teasing these promos knowing that they're actually going to take Liv, Liv in a t- completely different direction I mean she's talking about destroying herself before she can really be herself it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this and I think we're all going to be disappointed because Liv Morgan's probably coming back as the Emelina type character when it didn't work with her. Maybe they'll see that it works with Morgan. I'm happy she's getting a push and she's getting some time on TV, but it looks like she's not going to be the character we all want her to be, which is going to disappoint people because they want her with Wyatt. It is what it is. 
Can they troll us, though? Can they swerve us, twist us, get us thinking we're going to be disappointed, and then all of a sudden hit us, bam, with something really cool where she's doing something with Wyatt? Um, we'll see. But uh, extensions, Dana Brooke, Liv Morgan, character change, lots of stuff coming down the pipe here. I expect there's going to be a lot more extensions being announced, contracts, people coming in. I think especially with the AEW ratings decline and the attendance issues, and I think people are starting to realize that maybe AEW is not the alternative that they thought it would be, and so people are going to stick around, and they're going to sign. WWE is going to offer them money. Why not take it? What I'm more interested in is who gets the extensions. Like Dana Brooke, she's really good, but she just hasn't had... She's not one of those people you would think WWE really, 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 really wants to hold on to, but they gave her five years, so obviously they see something in her. Some people might not know this, but it's an interesting stat that just was revealed this week. John Cena, for the first time in ever, was not in a match on a pay-per-view in a calendar year. He did not have a match on a pay-per-view in 2018. TLC was his last opportunity to do it. He hinted at it. He teased it maybe showing up. He did not show up, which basically means that John Cena did not wrestle a pay-per-view match in 2019, which is the first time since he'd really become a huge star in wrestling. So here's the deal. John Cena has teased now and talked about being a substantial part of WrestleMania 36. What he's going to do, we do not know. But if he's going to be a substantial part of that show, here's what we do know. It's not going to be a one-off. He's not just going to show up the day of the show, do a major match or have a major angle and then disappear. Because if you've ever watched behind the scenes videos or footage or documentaries, he's always said, if I'm going to be here, I'm not stealing the thunder from somebody who deserves it more, who's worked their butt off week after week after week to get on to this pay-per-view. I'm not just coming in because I am who I am to steal somebody's spot. So if he's going to have a substantial role in WrestleMania 36 in Tampa where he resides, he's going to have to be on television leading up to WrestleMania. Could be a few weeks of Raw, could be a few weeks of... He's going to have some sort of program. Now, who's he going to be with? Now, there's talk from a long time ago that he would love to do something with someone like Velveteen Dream from NXT because he sees him as a future star of the business. I think that would be a really good spot for Cena putting over a guy that he thinks could be a huge star. Maybe there's this idea that Cena will wrestle somebody, an old veteran, you know, whether it's like an Undertaker type or the Batista type or whomever, even an Edge, right? I'd rather see Cena in a match he's never been in before. And if he's not going to stay after WrestleMania, I'd rather see him put somebody over who could be a huge star. Because really, if you think about it, whether it's Velveteen Dream or Matt Riddle or Keith Lee or whomever from NXT, if they get a win over John Cena at WrestleMania, regardless of how little or much Cena has been on TV, that's huge for them. That is a massive step in their career moving forward. To say they got a win over Cena at WrestleMania, awesome. He sets them up for a future in the business. So that's where I'd like to see this go. But I'm very curious to see what he's going to do. Will he have a match? Will he just have an angle? Will there be more to it after this? I mean, this is a busy guy. He's not as busy as a rock per se, but he is in more movies, more movies, more stuff all the time so he's not coming back but is he gonna have a program for a month or two leading into wrestlemania i mean that's what it takes to build those kinds of matches so it'll be interesting but uh he's gonna have a big role in the show speaking of wrestlemania 36 here's some interesting news and i don't know if it's gonna happen but it'd be awesome if it did sting you know the legend sting who was taken out by seth rollins injury that probably ended his career he retired at the hall of fame 
He is willing to come back out of retirement and wrestle The Undertaker WrestleMania 36 if WWE asks or The Undertaker is interested. So basically, in a recent interview with Sports Illustrated, he emphasized that he's willing to do that dream match with The Undertaker, and it is a dream match. Even if these two guys can't wrestle a lick anymore at their age, it's a match everybody wants to see. Just the entrances alone at WrestleMania 36 would be awesome, and it would be worth the price of admission just to see those two things and the two guys staring face-to-face staring each other down in the ring. But he said, if there was a situation at WrestleMania, I would listen to that phone call. He said, I would, could get in condition. I could pull it off. I think my career is done. I still think about the taker situation every year, but I don't think it's going to happen. But he'd be willing to do it if WWE asked and if The Undertaker was interested. And here's the deal. Undertaker has said... In the Stone Cold Broken Skull Sessions podcast or videocast or whatever you want to call it, that he takes every match one at a time, every invitation to be in WWE one at a time. He's not done. He's not retired. He just looks at the situation and says, could I do this? Sting is now in that situation. If you saw the documentary where he talked about the Rollins injury, his retirement, he said, I'm getting that itch. I've got that you know, that buzz to want to do it again. And all of us are like that in this, in this business. We never quite leave. We never quite give it up. Would he do it? I would hope he would do it. The match would suck. The match would be awful. But it still would be worth watching just to see the two get in the ring together. Even if it was a, you know, 30 second whatever. I would love to see it. I hope it happens. I don't know if it will. Sting doesn't know if it will. Undertaker hasn't commented on it. But that would be an awesome match just to have the two back in the ring together to finally give fans that dream match they're hoping of, even if it isn't much of a match. But make it happen, WWE. Bring Sting back, bring The Undertaker back, put them in the ring together, do their entrances, leave it at that if you want to, but just get those two in the ring together. I would I would watch WrestleMania just for that. Back over to AEW and news out of AEW, Cody Rhodes said in an interview that he is interested in both Marty Skrull and Luke Harper coming to AEW. Now, in Skrull's case, we know that he's probably coming. He just showed up for NWA. He's challenging Nick Aldis for the NWA championship, or so it seems. So he didn't really say that Marty was coming. He said, what you're watching in NWA is not permanent, that he will probably end up there at some point. We all know Marty. We love Marty. That's basically what Cody said. So the insinuation is he's coming to AEW. Most people think he's coming to AEW. WWE is interested. They want him to go to NXT, but he's more of an AEW guy probably. He's friends with the guys from Being the Elite. It was always going to be that he wounds up there. What's really interesting is how much Cody talked about Luke Harper, how much he likes him, and how much he could see him in AEW. Harper got released from WWE, as most people know. He asked for it, wasn't granted. Finally, they gave it to him. He was in a string of releases between the Ascension, Sin Cara, Luke Harper. He's gone now. He can't show up in AEW for a while, probably March of 2020-ish. But he's probably going to AEW. Uh, Brody Lee, I think is the name that he's been trademarking and will be there. Um, that's probably the name that will show up in AEW, but Cody wants him. And for a company that said they don't want to pick up WWE scraps, then you have to go, okay, well, is Harper WWE scraps? Is he a top-end talent that they just never took advantage of, or is he one of those guys that he's not going to make it in AEW either? He's not a difference maker. He's not a main event guy. It won't really matter, but he's going to put on some good matches. He's a veteran, and after what happened in AEW this week, with guys who have inexperience on TV and throwing wicked wind punches to guys like Dustin Rhodes, having a guy like Lou Parker might be a good thing. So you can basically write it in stone now. He's going to AEW. When he shows up is the real question. But Cody wants him. Harper wants to go there. He's posted pictures of himself with Marty Skrull while they're working out. They're buddies. He'd probably be in the villain club if that ever happens. And who else might join? We don't know. 
But hardware to AEW is pretty much a given at this point, just a matter of when, and you can almost assume that Marty Skrull will do what he's doing in NWA, finish off that, that buzz with Nick Aldis in the championship match, which, by the way, for NWA was a really big get. That was awesome. When you call it a get, I don't know, he might not be there permanently, he might not be there long, but just him showing up on that promotion uh, is good for them. It's awesome that another company that is in AEW and WWE had a big name show up on their show. Uh, whether he stays or not, we don't know. He's probably going to AEW, but the idea and the anticipation of Skrull and Luke Harper in AEW is a good one for them. There's a ton of buzz surrounding WrestleMania 36 already. It's not even 2020. It's not even January. The road to WrestleMania has not even begun. Royal Rumble is usually the kicker for that one, but there's a ton of talk surrounding NXT being involved in WrestleMania this year. If you recall... NXT was a massive part of Survivor Series, and Survivor Series, by most accounts, was really good. That whole weekend, the TakeOver weekend, Survivor Series weekend, was really strong, and the main reason people loved it was because of NXT's involvement. Well, the news is that NXT will have a significant role to play in WrestleMania 36 this year's popular rumors reporter on social media. Russell Votes has said he heard from a well-placed source, as of now, NXT will have a role at WrestleMania. Not talking about TakeOver, but the actual Mania card. No details as to who or what, but an NXT presence will be felt at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. So basically, NXT will have their own TakeOver show, and they will also be featured in matches, probably championship matches with guys like Adam Cole, women's championship matches with people like Rhea Ripley. They will have a huge part in that show, and I'm already going out on a limb to say that those are the matches of the show. The seven-hour pay-per-view that WrestleMania turns out to be will now maybe be longer, or people in WWE, Ron SmackDown, will be bumped for NXT matches, and those NXT matches are going to kill it. They are going to be the best part of the whole show, and it is very smart on WWE's part to have them in WrestleMania 36. So we'll have to keep our eyes on this one. What will NXT be doing on the show? What matches will they feature? How will they work the TakeOver show prior to and then WrestleMania 36 with those guys on it? Will they go as far as they did for Survivor Series weekend where they had those guys in some incredibly big matches? Now, if you remember Survivor Series, like Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa did that big, huge bump off the stage, and it was mass. And they wrestled the next night. I mean, and Adam Cole fought Pete Dunne in a crazy match. It was awesome. So will they do that again? We'll have to see. But uh, WWE, NXT, WrestleMania 36, you can't go wrong with that. And finally, if you've been listening to the WWE podcast lately, Corey Graves has now moved to Thursday, New Days on Monday, and the most recent episode of New Days podcast, Feel the Power, was a very interesting one. It was a hugely drastic change from what you know of the group who comes down to the ring. They're always goofing around. They're throwing pancakes. They're doing crazy stuff with unicorns and cereal and whatever, and they're goofy. They're just crazy goofy. Well, this episode was completely different. If you listen to it, they were really somber. They talked about Xavier Woods' injury and the scary part about the injury and that he may not even be back until 2021. Like, it's not for sure. He could be back in a couple months just based on his rehab, but he's worried that it could be a really long-term injury. And he talked about that. And the guys in New Day talked about it. Big E talked about it. Kofi Kingston talked about it. They're always wrestling with these injuries and they're worried. Their biggest fear is that they're not going to be able to live normal lives when wrestling is over. And it's a kind of a behind-the-scenes look at what these wrestlers are constantly thinking about. And it's worth a listen. Now, it's not what you would expect from New Day, so I'm warning you to go in advance if you haven't heard the podcast yet, but it's good, and you should really take a listen to it. I'm going to play a clip for you from that show right now. Surgery, and the doctor tells me, um, that here's the breakdown. You tore it in an instant. It'll take me 14 minutes to fix it. 
you could possibly take up to a year to feel good on it again, which is absolutely terrifying to me because ever since I was little, this is the only thing that I've ever wanted to do like with this much passion and enjoyment. This is like my dream, my life goal. So to at this point in time where I feel like we're still running like in our prime, especially on TV, like we're, we're doing stuff, we're having a good time, uh, we're having a great run is New Day. To get an injury that will take me out for an extended period of time is something that has, uh, I guess, I guess kind of shaken me like to my core. Again, totally worth the listen if you haven't heard it yet, but I'm warning you in advance, like I said before, it's not what you expect from the New Day. It's really somber. They even apologized for it a couple times, saying this isn't what we are normally like. We are pretty upbeat. We are pretty jovial kind of people, but this was a a behind-the-scenes look at what the scary part of the business is all about. Uh, So take a listen to it. The good news is they've signed five-year extensions. WWE must be confident that he's coming back, that there isn't going to be a long-term issue here. And he talks about it. Even if that is the case, he's set up. He understands that... Something like Up, Up, Down, Down will be more his legacy than what he did in the ring. He just doesn't want it to happen without his, you know, stamp or his deciding when he wants to go. So listen to it, and uh, that's the whole story of the New Day, which is definitely worth taking a listen to. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Smart Marks of Wrestling Podcast. We wrap it around this thing. We went through a bunch of news and rumors in AEW and WWE. We kind of briefly talked about each one and just flied right through it. So if you were looking for some, you know, hot topic conversations, this was the show to listen to and we appreciate you tuning in. We are also going to ask you a huge favor. Go in and if you want to get us anything for Christmas, here's what I want you to do. Listen to the show, download the show, rate the show, go on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, share this with other people. That's going to really help us grow the show a little bit, but we appreciate you tuning in. You can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, any of their favorite podcast platforms. We'll do our best to get these things up on YouTube, but we're a little behind on that, so we apologize in advance for that. But yeah, take a listen to it, rate it, share it, let people know that you can listen to it, and we appreciate you joining us, and we'll talk to you next week, maybe the week after, depending on how the holidays go, on another edition of the Smart Marks of Wrestling Podcast presented by thesports.com. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Uh-huh.